to the Ole Azola podcast with Yetrip and Diana Selena, where we have conversations on a wide variety of topics. We want to ensure that you learn something new with each episode, so join us as we bring in credible guests to discuss their passions and more. Hey guys, I'm Yethrib. And I'm Diana Selina. And today we have a dear friend of ours to join us in our conversation about children with disabilities and mental health. So without any further ado, what up, 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 what up? So, <laughs> yes, my name is Jillian Alicia, and I do have a YouTube channel if you search it. It is just Jillian Alicia. And I am set to graduate from college in December. And I do want to work with children with disabilities. My major is in community therapeutic recreation. And what I want to do with that major is go on to get my master's in OT school, which is just occupational therapy school. Okay, cool. And so um, before we begin and like, you know, talking about the specific topic that we want to, you know, delve into today, you know, I think everything has like a specific way to say it. And some, you know, we don't want to offend anyone, you know, so like, can you tell us the most correct way to refer to children that you've worked with and you know the children that you wish to work with in the future yes so really when you're talking about disabilities or mental health you want to refer to anyone with a disability using people first language that's what they teach us in the major and basically all that means is putting the person before their disability Mm -hmm. so for example um if there is a child who has autism you don't say oh that autistic kid you would say that child with autism right or the child um, you just put the person first right and you also don't want to say things like suffers from or is a victim of I know that's a common thing that people say uh, about people with disabilities but they may not be suffering right Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a lot of things uh, a lot of the time Um, our professors tell us to think of it as if you break your leg and you go to the doctor and you get a cast for it and they fix it. Um, it's, it's kind of the, oh, hold on. I kind of messed up y'all. Is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. okay. You're good. Okay. Um, (laughs) we're all comfortable So Yes. So you don't want to say things like suffers from or is a victim of because they may not be suffering or they may not feel like a victim of anything is what they are you know, they were born with it, some people. So it's normal to them, and they are normal people. They just need some help. So yeah. kind of like when you do go to the doctor, you break your leg, you get a cast, right? You you need help in that way. So it's the same thing. Somebody's just using a wheelchair, for example, to get around because they need that type of help. So just making sure that you're putting the person first and not their disability. Okay, so like what about words like um, disabled or I know some people like try to change that into like differently abled mm-hmm. and stuff like differently you know. abled. Yeah, that's not really that's not really <laughs> that appropriate. The way I would think about it is well, first of all, when you're talking with people who have disabilities, and that's what you always want to say, people who have disabilities. You know, I always make sure that I put them first, but when you are interacting with them, it's kind of like they don't want you to be nervous and they don't want you to be on edge like most people are, like and feel like, "Oh, I can't say this." can I say, you know, you're in a wheelchair and stuff like that. They don't mind it because they know what they're dealing with. But you you don't want to say disabled 
you because then that's kind of putting them all in a group right yeah. so you would just say um like give me an example of what what you mean like, like using disabled like a family may have a disi- disabled child okay see like, that's so what you're people putting, would say no i'm right. saying that's what people would say you know they'll say like they're disabled disabled child because like say he's in a wheelchair or whatever it may be you know so people mm-hmm. refer it to yeah and see and that's okay and that's what i thought you meant like putting saying disabled first right? right disabled person but it's the same thing so it goes back to the people first language so you always want to make sure that you say person with disabilities so mm-hmm. don't say disabled don't say yeah. you know what, what was the other thing that you said um, differently able differently i know like able. some people say differently able yeah that's so not that they really... don't because i feel like they, they think well i mean i think it is like disabled has like a negative Okay. Thing to it, so people try to change it and say differently able. Well, I actually don't think that's bad. I actually, because they also tell us in my major that we are like TAB, right? And TAB stands for temporarily able-bodied. Okay. Because, you know, we're able to do things right now, but that's just temporarily. You mm-hmm. know, we're going to get to a point where we age and we may not be able to do things, may develop dementia, Alzheimer's, yeah, whatever true. the case may be, you know, not you know, feeling. <laughs> don't want to put nothing on any of us, but um, it, it's always good to think about that. If you're saying differently able, that's not offensive. You know, just try to put yourselves in their shoes. Would you want to be called differently abled or um, Jillian with disabilities? Or, yeah, you know what I mean? Or woman with disabilities? Yeah, yeah because then you're put in a different category as everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And you're like another person, like an yeah. outcast. And yeah. it's like the like human kinda, part of you that's that we all relate to, you're not relating to anymore because you're called disabled or differently abled. Yeah, that's, right. that's okay. why I always have trouble. That's why we wanted to ask that first before we, you know, get into it yeah. because we want to make sure that we are as inclusive as possible and don't, you know, outcasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's really yeah. important. I feel like people sometimes forget, but it's it's good to just know because I didn't know either before. So yeah. all right, well, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> so, um, how come you want to work? with children with disabilities okay so i talked about this on my channel a little bit but just to not make the story too long i have two nephews one of whom is the younger one and he when he was one years old when he was hold on (laughs) whoa take your time i have two nephews and the younger one when he was one year old he got basically ran over by a car and he lived but it affected his um or the impact was on his left side of his body so it affected the right side okay and you know it left him with some intellectual disabilities and seeing him that was a really extremely traumatic event in my life because I've always loved working with children like always and just seeing that happen to a loved one like that a baby at that mm-hmm. was extremely traumatic but seeing him with his occupational therapist and she would come to our house sometimes and just her helping his gait which is like him learning how to walk again and how to use fine motor skills like grasping a ball with his left hand because he he's starting to open it a lot more but back when it first happened of course he couldn't even really move it that much so just seeing um the drastic change that she did just by using things like blowing bubbles or like different recreational activities to gain like those skills back was amazing to me and it just really it really inspired me to get into this major and become an occupational therapist myself 
<laughs> so like um so you know the children that you have like worked with or you've seen in like your personal life or anything like that like what kind of disabilities are they usually diagnosed with like what kind have you you know personally seen and worked with well so in my major you have to do a practicum and an internship and my internship was with an older population but my practicum was with children as well as the older population but I was mainly with the children because yeah. they liked the way I worked with the children around 13 and younger like 13 five years old to 13 mm -hmm. is the population that they wanted me to be with and it was called Camp Joy I don't know if that kind of so. gives away so y'all didn't hear about that Camp Joy no, no, but yeah so it's just a camp that um anybody can go to anybody with disabilities and they have a lot of inclusive activities and things like that but when I was there um it was mainly children diagnosed with intellectual disabilities so and intellectual disabilities can be a variety of things you know um it can be either their memory skills are a little bit more low functioning or uh writing reading different skills like that it can be affected it's not yeah. all one thing does but, that include things like dyslex dyslexia and like I don't know, like ADD or ADHD and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it falls under that category. Okay. It's a big umbrella, and it has yeah. a whole bunch of different things. And people who have intellectual disabilities isn't always, like, it's not always as low-functioning as people think, you yeah. know? But, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, most people, when they hear that, intellectual disabilities, they just, I feel like they automatically think someone that's, like, on the higher... Oh, and that's another thing. Mm -hmm. How, do you use the phrase, like, autism spectrum, spectrum yeah. yeah so like uh -huh. they would just imagine that kids are like on the higher end of that spectrum mm -hmm. whenever they hear the phrase intellectual disability so it's right. it's, it's great that you that you mentioned that yeah. to know that not everybody's such a like low word? functioning yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that's not offensive if you say like low functioning or high functioning but yeah i think um people the stigma around it is pretty yeah. pretty bad but yeah um, they, they were mostly diagnosed with intellectual disabilities, but some of them had schizophrenia. And I just really learned the signs and symptoms of schizophrenia from being um, at my internship. But looking back now, I'm sure some of them were diagnosed with schizophrenia. And I, I wasn't able to know exactly their diagnoses, but just from being around them, I kind of picked up on the way that they did things and how I could work with them and better assist them. So, and also there were these twins, they were so adorable. And um, they were diagnosed with muteness, which is basically, they didn't speak. Mm -hmm. Like they, or when they did, it would be very, very few words. And I don't know too much about the diagnosis, so I, want, I don't wanna talk about it, but, or I don't wanna go too specific yeah. into it, but just from observing them, they weren't really able to mm -hmm. like formulate words to, Say something that you would understand they would say small words like eat or mm -hmm, like they would just yeah. you know so yeah those were the kind of diagnoses that I saw so you mentioned that you learned about schizophrenia and the diagnoses and mm -hmm. can you touch more a little bit more on that from what you learned on your in your internship yeah so um, for my internship I was in a clinical setting and um, I was on the psych unit so I was working in behavioral health. So I saw a wide variety of people from like substance abuse, so like addiction to alcohol, drugs, um, 
schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. And yeah, psychosis, like a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And the same with those things. You can be a lot more low functioning to where, you know, you need more assistance or like higher functioning to where you're aware of what you have and you can function, you just need the right medications. But with schizophrenia, it two people with schizophrenia aren't alike. So one person I would see coming in and I would do groups with them, which was just the therapeutic groups that we would have every day. And they would be, this one specific patient that I had, he was very outspoken, right? So I wouldn't really be able to finish a sentence without him having to question every yeah. single detail about it because he needed to know every single detail. So for example, I would say, you know, when you get out of here, you're not going to have um, oh no, I would say like when you get out of here, it's not the world isn't so great, you know, like I understand that and stuff and he stopped me and he was like, but what if you don't want to leave here? Like what what do you mean? Like why can't I stay here? You know, and he was getting really agitated. So I was like, I'm not saying you can't stay. <laughs> I said the hospital is not a place where you want to be. I said all I mean is when you are um discharged from this unit, which you will be. You, they're not going to have three meals ready for you. They're not going to do your That's laundry. True, yeah. They're not going to have snacks. You know, and once I broke it down like that, he understood. But with every little thing, he needed to know the specifics, right? So I made sure to get the specifics for when he was going to be in one of my groups. But I had another patient with schizophrenia, and she was an older woman, and she knew that she had schizophrenia. And she knew when she was in the manic phase, which just meant that she was very loud and exaggerated and just really did things with a lot of enthusiasm right and she would just like when she would talk to you it's like she would jump from one topic to the other but it would be really really fast like she would just be speaking fast about everything like if you were talking to her you would kind of be like oh okay like something something's <laughs> yeah. not right yeah. you know but um she was such a sweet lady but she was aware so that was a little different than the last patient because she knew what was going on she knew that she needed her medication when she was manic and we kind of had the relationship where I would say you know you know I was about to say her name but <laughs> um if you let me finish this group then we'll go outside you know and then when I said that she was like oh okay and then you know she'll yeah, yeah. hush herself and then we'll go outside so she was able to kind of put a lid on some of the symptoms of schizophrenia so yeah but it, it could be a wide variety of things that people have but yeah <laughs> so um one thing as one of the questions that we had form, you know thought about to ask was this the question specifically is how have you seen the communities that you work with mm -hmm. um how have they been marginalized by society but within that i just thought about as you were talking you know and i know you're a woman of faith um the question is what do you how do you feel have you ever heard the like phrase like the mental like the mental um illnesses that there is that there are that people you know have or the disabilities that some people may 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 have mm -hmm. are a cause of demons um, or a lack of faith or a lack of faith like how do you because like obviously as you know you're getting ready to graduate mm -hmm. from undergrad that's four years your internship you know you're thinking about doing masters i'm sure you know the research <laughs> you know the science mm -hmm. like how do you bat like do you do you accept that phrase like 
do you like is do you there, see some like truth to it or something yeah is there like, some what truth is, to like, it like, how do you balance like, your face versus you know what you yeah. see and yeah. what you work with i that's a great question and i definitely truly believe that it has nothing to do with demons or anything like that mm -hmm. like literally it's just another thing in this world like our and a lot of things onset mental illness right so you could be born with it uh, a lot of the times people have their first psychotic break in college right or when they're in their mid-20s mm -hmm. or late 30s like you know it, it there's never it can be in your family like and things like that I don't believe that it's brought on by the devil because me personally just being at my internship almost everybody that I saw would tell me like express to me that they are Christian you yeah. know so they try to go to church and they try to do these things and they try to you know live their life trying to gain a better relationship with God but at the same time they don't know how to um like they don't know why this is happening to them yeah. you know right. and granted that was my internship so I couldn't go into religion with them right but when I look at it for from a personal perspective um I I think that at the end of the day everything happens for a reason good and bad right of course. and those people that still try to persevere and go beyond their mental illness or their mental, you know, or their disability, and still strive for that relationship with God, it's very courageous, because mm -hmm. that is a stigma that, oh, they're bipolar, oh, they got demons in them, you know, and um, my family is Caribbean, you know, and I know in, <laughs> in the Caribbean, they, they don't play that, you know, right. if you got something like that, you crazy, yeah, and that's exactly. it, and yeah, you're marked Latinos, off, right, yeah. yeah, and you're marked off, you're not even looked at, you're just a crazy person, but um, that's just because mental health isn't talked about as much. So people don't understand that different things can trigger it. Even marijuana, you know, yeah. weed smoking, other types of drugs. Drug induces a lot of type of thing. You know, it changes um, things in your brain that can cause these mental illnesses. Yeah. So, and you never know, like it's never one specific thing. The brain is a very, I mean, y'all know, it's a very right. complex thing to try yeah. to point your finger and say, oh yeah, it's this that right. causes that. Right. So yeah so as far as like um being marginalized do you like being marginalized by society do you have anything like you want to other than what you just said that you want to like mention that you have seen yourself um i really and this is a part of the reason why i'm an advocate for people with disabilities is because i mean i'm guilty of before i got into this major of kind of having a soft spot for people with disabilities, you know, trying to be, you know, overly nice. Right. Yeah, you know, like, definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you know, and just kind of be like, oh, oh, you know. Like you want to walk on eggshells. Yeah, 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 but really, truly it's not like that. And some people with disabilities will try to use that to their advantage and try to, you know, make you do stuff for them just because they're lazy. But even from working with students on campus with disabilities, they are, they can be mean, okay? <laughs> they can be mean, 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 mean. They could be mean, they could be lazy. Like, it's, they're, they're they are normal beings. people. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. like us. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one thing that I've seen the most is that people really do treat them differently. And just being in a clinical setting, it's sad. Not everybody cares in a clinical setting, even though, you know, it's kind of, like, ironic. You're in a hospital to help people and you don't, don't even want to be there. Yeah. yeah, you're doing it. 
Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, for and for money. So you you really have to care with these people. And if you don't care about people, I mean, I don't know. Honey, you you're going into wrong thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, what, I'm what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So I know you mentioned um, you mentioned how you know even from working with students here on campus, how they're all basically essentially just like us. Mm -hmm. They're just students with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um. As far as education goes, at least with children, um, or if you if you've seen anything with your you know with your family, is, is there any like, you know, difference in their access to education, or you know, do you feel like they're getting the same quality of education as like you would say like children that don't have disabilities? I I think so. Um, my nephew he goes to a school here that specializes. Um, in education for children with disabilities of all forms. So to me, just from observing him in his classroom setting and him having the teachers there that give him, you know, his attention yeah. and give the other little girl her attention, you know, it's individualized care. I think that they do have a good system set up for the most part. I definitely think that there's some work to be done mm -hmm. <laughs> because not gonna lie at the camp, that I was at, I, I'm not gonna talk too bad about it because I still need recommendations, <laughs> but, but um, you know, everything has its pros and cons. And like I said, sometimes people just don't care. And it, yeah. it blows me every time. Cause I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You know, like, mm -hmm. cause you're not, if you're not helping, you're hurting. So anyways, but that's not the point. But <laughs> I feel like it does depend on the area. Um, I believe that Jordan School is a nonprofit organization. If I don't, I'm not too sure about that, but I think it is, and I feel like organizations like that that get kind of um, that acquire their funds through grants or scholarships or things like that may not be up to par. But like you know, in Jordan's case, it's just the area that we're in. We're a very family friendly area where we are, as you guys know. So you know, I feel I feel like his school is is very good, but being doing my internship in a place that was kind of rural, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and there, there's not a lot around. There really is no school system for people with disabilities up there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like it's becoming a lot more normalized, but definitely it's taking its time. I don't think it's, you know, it's that important to people, which is kind of sad, but. So do yeah. you feel like there should be a separate school system for students with disabilities, or do you think they should be integrated in the public system with everyone else the way that they, I, I guess, they have kind of done it, but mm -hmm. even within, I don't know, if, you know, your experience with, you know, students with disabilities in the public system, now, pub, public education system now, but, like, do you think maybe they're doing a good job there or what work may need to be done, or do you feel like they should just be, because wouldn't that be putting them, like, out yeah, of society? Thinking, yeah, that's yeah. Like, ostracizing them. Yeah. So, like, would integration I, be better, or? I think that it depends. Because if you have a child that at a young age, you know, like Jordan, in Jordan's case, right, where he now has intellectual disabilities i feel like it's good for him to go through this process of being at a, a separate school that is for people with or for children with disabilities because he's getting what he needs mm -hmm. right and then as he gets older to a point where he's a lot more high functioning i think it'll be better to integrate mm -hmm. so because you know you never you know everything is situational so i feel like if you do have another child that is able to be in the same classroom with 
everyone else, then that should definitely be a thing. It should definitely be, they should definitely be able to integrate. So like I know in grade school, I used to remember they would have the special education classes yeah. separate. I don't really agree with that completely. Granted, you know, there was this one girl I remember, she didn't really like when people would sniffle, like, you mm -hmm. know, like that bothered her really bad. It's like students like that, I get, you know, they need a different type of care, but not everyone, you know, needed that because even at Grimsley, I remember I was friends with one of the guys in the special education classes and he might've just been a little bit more lower functioning, but he would have done fine in a regular English yeah. class or yeah. something like that, you know? And I think that that separation kind of creates a, you know, it, it keeps the stereotypes and the stigma. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it, and it keeps them, yeah. and, and it doesn't educate us as people yeah. with, that don't, you know. Yeah. I, what, what was the acronym that you mentioned? Yeah, because us, you know, we're not being taught and we're not being exposed and we're not, you know, interacting with them. So we're never going to learn about who they are. It's the same with, like, segregation. Like, it's a different type of segregation. We're never going to be, because they all learn from us, but we're also learning a lot from them. So I feel like, yeah, like you mentioned, that would be really helpful um, for all of society, really. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, hey, this is this has been great. Very I think good. I, I learned a really, lot. I really, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your for for your answers <laughs> and for your information <laughs> and for course. your experience and for the work you do. Really, because, honestly, you know, it's just I feel like, go like, ahead. I feel like there's like a lot of talk on like mental health specifically, but I feel like when people talk about mental health, they more so. I don't know, I feel like they more so lean towards, like, depression and anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. I don't mean to, like, downplay those. I feel like people try to touch on those because they're not... They're more... They're not as complicated. Yeah, yeah, they're easier se. to, like, manage, you know, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. No one really wants to deal, no one really wants to talk about, you know, like, like say, schizophrenia or, yeah, like, bipolar or, I don't know, like, yeah. all those stuff they're learning, like, psychology in high school, you know? Yeah. So it's, and like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And something that I learned is that it can be anybody you know it yeah, could be, exactly. you could have a friend that's going through something they don't yeah, even know don't, yeah, yeah yeah i remember i read this book that we, um we had to read for psychology there was this book about it was about this this one girl who had schizophrenia and it, like you said it didn't show up until she was like in college mm -hmm. yeah so it's like this whole lifetime you know she had no idea and then it just i don't know where it, you know shows up and it's yeah. like she could have lost her group of friends you know mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying like if we don't have this information and we're not you know, educated on this sort of topic, then it's like, well, how are we able to, to work, you know, to, to be able to be loving, really, and accepting yeah. and understanding of You make things you know. more accessible. Right. You know, technology or organizations, just making things more accessible for those with disabilities, I feel like is very important. But, yeah. So, I just want to make sure as we wrap it up that we, is, is there anything that you, you feel like, more work needs to be done to advocate or you know for this for 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 the group of people that have disabilities i think it's just what we were just talking about you know making sure that everybody gets educated about it whether that be researching it for yourself or volunteering there's yeah. tons of places to volunteer where you are helping people with disabilities or children with disabilities there are a lot of opportunities but just making yourself more aware, being a lot more open-minded to the world mm -hmm. around you. I feel like, especially our generation, we're all kind of 
focused on you know making making that money and yeah. all that. Yeah. and that's in ourselves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's right. you know that's important love yourself but at the same time love other know people. that yeah people are going through some serious things probably yeah. worse than you and just being able to know how to help them just to be a better person i feel like yeah okay Perfect. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this awesome conversation. We have really enjoyed this. Um, And guys, this is, you know, just the beginning. And we hope that we thank you guys. (laughs) We thank you guys for joining us um, this far. And we hopefully you can have more intriguing conversations conversations like this one. And of course, you know, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you have anything you want to talk about, you know? Like, oh, yeah, make yeah. sure to subscribe to Jillian's Oh, yeah! Jillian's YouTube. Right. Yeah. Alicia, J-I-M-L-I-A-N-A-L-Y-S-I-A. They're going to be like, oh, where are you? I can't get it. Little replay. Replay. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's all, right, guys? All right. Thank you guys so much. No, we just peace out. Peace out. Peace out. All right, bye, guys.